0: Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. Amen. How many of you glad our Lord reigns? How many of you glad God reigns? hallelujah hallelujah amen i'm glad to be here on this last few minutes of this morning how many of you glad to be here today yes 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 well i want to acknowledge something real quick this month is national uh mental health awareness month and um amen amen and um and it's also Uh, National uh, Suicide Prevention Month. And in light of that, um, the church, one of the things I'm loving lately is the church is making a greater stance in talking about that everything ain't a devil. Um, Just as someone can get cancer, just as someone can have an aneurysm, just as someone can break their arm, get sick, so can someone have mental uh, challenges that are affected, that are, that are physiologically influenced, is not demon possession. And uh, there are um, some things you that that that, that prayer, got, the prayer isn't releasing you from. I know that sounds crazy to say, in church. There's some things that your time in the word may not press up against to help with, and even worship. Some folk need medicine. And, and so we, we don't need to demonize um, people because um, of some of the challenges that um, they're dealing with emotionally. A lot of people in the church, whether we like it or not, deal with depression. Right. Um, um, their epinephrine and serotonin is gone, and they need some, they need some help. On those ends we, we've we've had people that dealt with paranoid schizophrenia we've had people that dealt with uh, 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 obsessive-compulsive there's all different types of things and, and we do want to pray for them because we do believe prayer helps and, and uh, uh, sometimes prayer leads you somewhere like to medicine <laughs> like to clinical help it's, and it's nothing wrong with that so if you are in the church and you're struggling with mental illness. We love you. And if there's any way we can serve you, you let us know. Um, amen, 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 um, stand to your feet. Also, those who are, if you're suicidal, let us know so that we can serve you, and not demonizing those um, who committed. So that was selfish, that is such a bad statement. Um, so let's, let's love on folk who are dealing with these types of challenges um we're still on our series we are in first peter chapter 4 verses 7 through 11 first peter 4 7 through 11 1 2 3 read Amen, today in our series through our core convictions, I'd like to talk about commitment, servants versus volunteers. Servants versus volunteers. Let's go before the Lord. Lord God Almighty, we know what it is today when we talk about commitment. Let's let's amp it up, Lord. Help us to be uh, uh, sacrificial givers of our time, our talent, and our treasure. Lord God, and with a message like this, I need wind. Yeah. I need heavenly help. Uh, And Lord God, I pray that this wouldn't be a beat us up message, but it will be a message that's motivated by what Christ has done for us. And so, God, I pray that you would let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust in Jesus mighty name. We pray. Everybody that said somebody say commitment. Commitment. Somebody say it a little louder. Commitment. Commitment. One more time for the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen. Servant versus volunteers. You can go ahead and put volunteers up there. What is a volunteer? A volunteer is a person that donates their time to something they don't have to do. Uh, So when we talk about volunteerism um, although we, we, we appreciate the idea in the world of volunteer, volunteer the way, and we know that there are certain volunteers that have obligations, but for the most part, volunteers have no obligations. In other words, they, they're the people that, that you, you, you make sure you treat a certain way because they're not getting paid. And, and so because of that, we know that they can walk at any time because they absolutely have no obligation to what they're doing, except for the fact that they've chose to do it out of their own time. And so when we look at the idea of volunteerism, I don't like that word in the church. I don't want us to say anymore we need volunteers because we treat serving in the church like something we don't have to do. And because we treat it like something we don't have to do, we, we, we think, you know, we think our time belongs to us when God created time. And so when we look at this idea of volunteerism, volunteerism really isn't a biblical word because it doesn't have the heftiness of the biblical terminology behind it that lets you know uh, both, uh, you you have to understand this biblically, you're needed and not needed. Um, and 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 so volunteers see themselves as needed. Um, But but, but let me explain something to you. Jesus said that I can call I can speak to these rocks and they'll open their mouths that they don't have and they'll cry out. In other words, God can call up people from wherever he wants to call them up. (laughs) Now, the issue is he chooses to call you up. So now we have to stop treating our relationship with the church. As something that I don't have to do, but Lord, I have to choose to do it. Now, let's put up here servants. Somebody say servants. Servants. A servant is a person that is saved by grace. That's number one. Um, 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 anybody that's saved by grace should not have a, a disposition uh, where they've done anything on their own. But also who responds to the gospel. Somebody say responds. The, I look at look at me family the gospel deserves a response the gospel okay uh, response by being willing somebody yell willing, willing to meet needs in and through the body of Christ now listen to this that are generalist based talent based and gift based I'm gonna break that down In order to build up the body, serve the mission of Jesus Christ, and glorify the living God. So we look at this idea of servants. Servants, the Bible says you have been bought with a price. Um, Therefore, glorify God in your body. Uh, 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 um, um, As servants of Christ, employ yourselves, we'll see in a minute, serving one another. The greatest among you will become Servants, and so when we look at this word, this word "servant" is a is a big word in the New Testament, and 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 because it's a big word in the New Testament, we must. I I I like the way Paul he 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 created a word. I mean, we he emphasizes the word "bond servant." In other words, somebody that's in chain to serving. In other words, I can't help but serve because of the one who served me. And because he served me, how dare I act like my service is being nice to God through volunteerism? It's, it's a must because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when we look at this idea, we look at commitment. What, is dif- what does commitment mean then? When we look at this idea of committed, commitment is dedication to God and others while being informed by God's word, all motivated by the gospel. I love that definition. Came up with that one myself. <laughs> What's interesting is the book of First Peter is about commitment when you don't want to. <laughs> How do I know that? Because they were going through knowing afflictions. Post Nero lighting Christians, he would impale Christians, grease them down with oil, set them on fire for his camps at night. Okay, they didn't have night lights like we did when we was little, when the lights came on, you had to get to the house, remember that? He didn't have that, he lit us up. (laughs) So post that, post that reality, Christians were still dealing with gnawing disposition of being pressed away socially in society. And so Peter writes to these mostly Gentile Christians in Asia Minor because they're young, new Christians and new Christians need nurturing. Somebody say nurturing. nurturing. They need nurturing. And one of the things that he knew is that when you became a Christian and even though your sins have been forgiven and the world's supposed to be changed for you, sometimes bad stuff still happens to you. So that they wouldn't get confused, he gave them a gospel-centered view of life being an irritation at times, but your commitment to Jesus must not be irritational. In other words, he's letting them know that there are things that are gonna happen, but you can't turn off your commitment to Jesus Christ because you need rest because of what you're going through. Oh y'all! Like, I know! I know! I knew I wasn't gonna get. I told nine o'clock. I had Amen's here. I ain't got none. It's cool. I'ma still preaching how I see it. Yeah, and so what ends up happening? What ends up happening? In in, in the book, as you see Peter going in chapter one, talking about our inheritance in Christ, and he begins to walk through the glorious beauty of our inheritance in the Lord Jesus Christ and gives us the level of intimacy and depth that happens because of our position in Christ. In chapter two, he gives us the glory of our identity by showing us uh, uh, that we uh, desire the pure milk of the word of God. He's not talking about milk as in baby uh, similac uh, milk. He's talking about just the purity of milk. He said, he said, I, he said, he said, you should desire uncut word. You should need word that don't, that, that don't have a close sometimes. He said, you need word that don't have any gravy sometimes. Some of you, so he said, sometimes he said, I, he said, I want to juice you some word, but still leave a pulp in it. That kind of pure word ain't going to talk back right there. You need a pure word from God. Stone cold word. But then later he talks about us being royal priests and priestesses. A a, a building bricks and then he begins to talk about different situations that you're called to be consistent in even if your life even if life shows it's like a fairness to you one of the places that he talks about it is in marriage (laughs) what he says to them he told the wife her role to the husband his role and he said, you got to stay functioning in this role even if hell breaks loose I ain't gonna preach on that but I'm just trying to let you know that in the context of the book, he's letting you know that 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 that, that suffering isn't a license to take a vacation from your identity. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so and then and then then he gets to Christ and shows him as the ultimate example, which we'll get to at the end. And so when we look at this and we look at the glory of this. We come to this passage and he gives us another place where we are supposed to not let suffering get in the way of us functioning and that's in the local church because usually the first thing that goes off our list of functional to do's when stuff happens in our life is we de We don't quit nightly sippages and we don't quit smokeology, but we dag on sure quit. I I can't do this no more. I can't do this no more. I got a lot going on in my life. No, 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 no. The time where you need to be doing something because sometimes God gets the best oil out of you when you're being pressed under some stuff and hurt by some stuff and frustrated by some stuff. I wish I had some people that's ever been in something hard and they wanted to quit, but the oil of life began to press on you and some of the best stuff to come out of you doesn't come out of you. Listen, when the sun is shining, some of the best stuff comes out of you when you're in pain, when you're in tears, when you're hurting. That's when the good stuff comes. That's when the good stuff comes. Come. And so, so Peter begins to shape. He begins to shape and help us to understand you need to still be a functional Christian beyond just belief when you're suffering. And so look at what he says, this is my first point. My first point is, all Christians are called to be servants. All Christians are called to be servants. He he starts this though with something, with a strange statement to me. It It would seem strange to us. He says, the end of all things is near Therefore, be alert and sober minded for prayer. Now, why, in the context of service, when he's talking about the end being near, be alert and sober minded and pray a lot? Doesn't make sense, but it makes sense based on the text because what happens is, is he's letting us know that service of God and the body must be treated with a bit of expeditiousness. In other, word, in other, in other words, we, we, should, we as believers need to relate to our service based on the view of God returning and holding us accountable for how we served. He said the end is near y'all. So you know based on Second Corinthians chapter 10, we all must stand before the beam of seat of Christ. And what Jesus is gonna do is he's gonna put before you your talents your gifts and the general abilities that you were supposed to do in order to serve. A generalist is a person that can jump in anywhere and serve. <clears throat> in, in other words, something like, like nobody, stuff you can be taught how to do. Hey, we need people to help clean the building. Boom, I can come there and help clean the building. You can be taught how to clean the building. You don't need to have the, when somebody says, well, I don't have the gift of cleaning. I don't have that anointing. <laughs> I don't have the move, the chair anointing. I don't feel it in my spirit. The Spirit of God didn't give that to me. The Spirit of God, I didn't feel it in my spirit that I was supposed to paint, amen. Yeah, 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 I don't feel that in my spirit. Right? <clears throat> Generalists do a lot of things. A talent <coughs> is something that's unique that you have the ability to do, but it's not a spiritual gift, it's a natural gift. That's all a talent is. Now the difference between a talent and a natural gift, a, 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 a natural, I mean, a, a believer and an unbeliever, is believers are supposed to use their talents as a mechanism for his glory. Amen. We're gonna we're going talk about that in a second. But what's interesting, when we look at this idea of, of, of being talented, like singing is a talent, Amen. right? Amen. Amen. Everybody can't do that. <laughs> So don't get church hurt if we say no. If you can't keep a note, if you can't, if you, if you, you, you you'll go flat and sharp, and then others, universe things that we don't even know what it is, <clears throat> no matter how much you believe you can do it, no matter how much you prayed you can do it, God didn't give it to you, and that's okay. Amen want to help somebody on that part (laughs) but then you have spiritual gifts and so those are all to be we're supposed to treat what God has given us with a sense of expectancy but also a, a, a sense of urgency because there's urgency here but not only urgency it's a mindset though he says, be alert and sober. That's self-control language. It's a, it's a, it's a hindiatus, if you will, for my English professors, where it's using two words to potently talk about one idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In other words, being alert and sober points to self-control, which means having a leash over your mind. That's it. That's it. In other words, having a leash over your mind is being careful what type of thinking that you allow to reign in your mind. All right, all right. Uh, let me see if I can make it plain. Y'all looking at me funny. So, so so y'all know Pastor Doug the planted Epiphany Camden. He used to, he used to, he used to do these things called South African Bull Mastiffs. Now, don't look at the picture now. But think of a Presa canario mixed with a great dane, mixed with a pit bull. There you go. Big old Joker. Now, <clears throat> I see there's a dude around here, big old muscular dude. I used to make fun of him. He had this little white dog. <laughs> little dog went, you know, walking around, and he be walking. But like swollen as you is bro you shorty walking with you like that you know <laughs> little bath <baff>, bath <baff> walking <laughs> but then you know so we my sister had a pest on next door she passed so you can go in there and get you one of them little vinyl joints cacao put it on there right but see south african bull masters like pressers and pit bulls you can't go in there and get you a john because the little vinyl thing he yawn just yawn that thing go paps just snap <laughs> so you got to go to like lowe's or home depot get you some chain links because it takes that level of chaining to restrain something so powerful do you know your thinking is the most stubborn thing in your life and God is listening God has given you self-control as as to help being alert towards your need to be sober what is the context though about how you think about the church because many of us, if, if somebody posts something about, man, the church has been good to me, it'd be two likes. Now, I can't stand church folk, dot, dot, dot. Man, that thing'll be on the church longer than Thriller. Why? Because we have a natural propensity towards church haterade, and some of us, to be honest, ain't never really had a bad experience with the church. We're gonna talk about that in a second in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, because everybody ain't got church hurt. Some of us have church confusion. Oh Lord, the end of time is near. (laughs) Sober minded. Now what what happens here? Next one. (laughs) Commitment is horizontal. That's the next point. Commitment is horizontal. Look at verse eight. Above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins now why would it say love one another and then say love covers a multitude of sins because church is messy church is messy but he says above all i like what he emphasized he didn't just say love one another he said be constant in loving one another now let's we don't even need to show you the greek word for constant. Know the word for love for you to understand the depths of this. Now let's break this down. What he's saying is, you need to love people unendedly who you don't like. Oh, see, see how y'all see y'all looking at me funny. See the the gospel. It, the, it only works if you love somebody that you don't like loving. To see 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 to be in church. CCG says what. What, what profit is it for you to love those who love you? But, but see, some of us, the reason why we quiet is we think we're the most lovable people on the planet. I don't see why nobody don't love me. I'm great, I'm nice to everybody, I'm, I'm the best person in the world, I'm a good friend, I'm a good coworker, I'm a good boss, I'm a good this, I'm a good that. But listen, let me tell you, every last person under the sound of my voice in the eyes of God at one point was an unlovable person. And God with all your mess with all your hang-ups with the way you think with the trifling depths of your messosity made a conscious decision to love you not listen not after he got you right but at the point where you were deep in sin far from the peaceful shore he made a decision in christ to love you and guess what when he saves you makes you new you're not everything that you are gonna be but you're progressing but the challenge is is god doesn't say i love you love you increases in different stages the Bible never says God's love for us increases. It just says he loves us. What does that mean? That he loves us as full as he's ever gonna love us no matter what phase of development we're in or not in. That's the gospel. So guess what though? oh let's see if you clap on this part. <laughs> let's see you clap. What about other people? What about you? When, when you get hurt by somebody in the church, do you run? Do you disappear off the face of the planet? You become secret agent. You know, walk hooded, hooded, hooded. Nobody don't see you no more. Because you got a little bit of tinge, tinge. And now, because most of us underestimate how bad we are sometimes. We think everybody else got the issue. Listen, all of us equally need to bear with one another yeah. in loving one another. Yeah. That what actually is what makes the church the church. The church aren't fair weather lovers. Yeah. The church is supposed to be a place where people that are hard to love find community. Yeah. Not get talked about. Yeah. Mm. Next time somebody that's hard to love comes up and conversation, I, somebody- I know that's right. I can't stand them either. I can't stand them. Instead of that, Let's pray, Lord. We pray that you would break the stronghold. Imagine if we took our slander and gossip and turned it into prayer. Uh, Anyway, I'm speaking to myself. Because I ain't always managed people that get on my nerves well. That's like, that's a gospel ministry. It's a ministry. So let's say something under this. We talk about being constant in love with one another love covering a multitude of sins. That means you don't, you, don't, you don't throw people out there. That means when someone sins, don't be so quick to post about it. Sometimes when like if a pastor falls, people put their picture all out there. See what happened? But see, I, see I got something in me because I know I'm a bit grimy at times in my sin so I you know what I do I say you know what if that happened to me man I wouldn't want anybody to put me out there like that so what I'm going to do instead of join in the chorus of throwing people's sin back in their face I'm going to do what Galatians 6 1 says to restore someone with a spirit of gentleness, lest you fall too. That don't mean you don't deal with sin, but that means, see, constant in love and commitment to one another is the fuel for serving. Because it, it starts with this type of heart. Now, let me bring out some practical things. I'll bring out a couple of practical things. I want to talk about something. How do you leave a church? It sure did. Is there a time to leave a church? At times, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Help us, Lord. <laughs> um. But what I want to do, though, when we talk about leaving a church, I'm going to just let you know how the New Testament was. Because there weren't enough churches, um, you couldn't, like, oh, man, shoot, I'm mad at Corinth. I'm going to Ephesus. <laughs> Start walking to Ephesus and see what happened. <laughs> Them rocks and stones will send you right back to Corinth. <laughs> and they had to work through their stuff. Put, the, put these points up for me because I want to I say something about this first thing you need to do is talk it over. Most people who leave a church ain't talk to nobody. They just get mad gossip and leave. No type of peacemaking. It's funny. People who haven't talked to anybody talk about how unbiblical the church is, but not how unbiblical their lack of peacemaking is. So, so talk it over with somebody. Talk it over with leadership. Amen. I'm gonna say it again amen yeah. and if you and there sometimes you had to leave because of how unhealthy it is but I always tell people have you dealt with your issues over there yet yeah. <laughs> because a part of your journey with Christ and walking in good gospel commitment is learning how to deal with conflict well yes. and if you don't know how to deal with conflict because, well, I'm not a conflict person well that's not in the Bible Like wired for conflict, not wired for conflict. No, the Bible says, you know, that you are to exhort your brother. How about that? So you're wired for conflict because you're saved. And on the cross, the cross is the center of conflict because God dealt with your conflict and my conflict on the cross. So talk it over. Leave for biblical reasons. Let me stop right there. Do you have a verse or a biblical principle for why you left? Oh, talking about some God released me. <laughs> I just felt released. Where is that in the Bible? What, why were you released? My season was up. Where is that in the Bible? Yes. I'm not saying it's not. But we say a lot of just Christian cultural stuff. Then ain't in, the, in. other words, just say I like the other church down there. Don't do that. Just say I like that. What they doing better? I'm feeling that it's a little more of this. I want to go. Don't try to. and this, I, I just sense in my spirit. One day, you know, while the praising worship was going on, I just felt them. I just felt this, this mm, in my spirit, and and, and, and it's like no, nah, just be honest, right? But then let's let, let's say reasonable. Somebody say reasonable. Reasonable, reasonable philosophical reasons. What is that? These are open-handed things that aren't core issues, but mean a lot to you, okay? Reasonable philosophical differences. The role, what do you believe about role of women? Public tongues. You know what I'm saying? Whether you believe we should be in a house church, do, do we do enough altar calls? Do we do do we do small groups or Wednesday night Bible study? You understand what I'm saying? Do you believe in a plurality of elders with no senior pastor and everybody's just, you know, nobody has any roles or do you believe in one person? Do you believe the first lady is a office in the church? It's not, but you may believe in that. Right? And so the question is, are some of your are some of your personal preferences biblical enough to keep you from some place where you can get healthy. Amen. Now, the other side of it is, instead of being divisive about what you think the church should be doing, that's an open handed issue. Now, they, listen, this is a close handed issue. Jesus died for your sins. Amen. The Godhead, God, the father, God, the son, God, the spirit, one, one three persons, one nature. Inerrancy of scripture. Amen. All that stuff is close handed. Now, where we meet, what paint the church is? how we do outreach, where we go, that ain't, that's open-handed issues, right? Those are, fun, those, are, those are general philosophical issues. And so many times, people make more decisions off of philosophical preferences than they do biblical things. I'm by myself. And so what we need to begin doing is, is have an order to what we believe. Let what's clearly biblical trump what you think is an open-handed issue. Because some people will go to a non-gospel preaching church that has their preferences. I gotta move. I wanna respect you alls time. Leave cleanly and kindly. Amen, amen. Ain't nothing worse than a slandering lever. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. There are times where you have the absolute right to be mad. One of the things that I've learned biblically is I learned that everybody isn't in the same place spiritually. And I have to be careful what I say in My transits. my wife and I have been through a situation before we needed to leave a church. Nobody knew why we left, but we were we, because we were busy and serving. It was noticeable that we left. Let me say that again, because we were busy yes. and serving yes. us leaving meant something. So what happened, though, is people like to meet with the committed to see why would they leave? And we said, why are you leaving? That's when they used to call me Reverend Mason. I used to hate that. (laughs) Reverend Mason, why y'all leaving? Are we, you know, you know, man, God is, you know, God is wanting me to plant this church. We're moving on and we thank the Lord for the time that we've had here, but we're supposed to move on. What's the real reason why you're leaving? You know, and people just want to be messy. And so they like to, they like to draw you into their messiness. You need to leave cleanly and kindly. Meet with a shepherd sit down and give them a reason why you left and write an official letter and invite the church you go to to engage the, where you came from all that so we can get you know full full body picture of everything involved in the situation next thing next thing next thing don't separate yourself from healthy christian relationships some people that leave church out of church hurt. Y'all still tracking with me, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes when people deal with church hurt, which is, I'm, and I'm talking about authentic church hurt. One of the things your tendency is, is to back up from the church. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing you need to do. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to pray and be in the word. You're not. That's not enough. Yeah. Your time, God never meant you to be able to live off prayer in your time in the word only. Yeah. Like, I want you to know you're not that powerful. Yeah. So. You need to get you need to make sure you're still connected with Christians. Uh, now, if you've heard, if you become disenfranchised with Jesus or enchanted, re-engage with him. Right? Next, don't demonize your old church or idolize your new one. You know, probably about, you know, I've been I've been in ministry a quarter of a century. Okay. So when I was a young preacher, particularly with a young pastor. You know, Pastor Mason, we love Epiphany Fellowship. We love God. people we we. we There's no church in the world like do like my old church. They didn't, and then I go like like as a young preacher, I'd be like, "Oh man, you know, <laughs> we killing it, <ain't> we, <laughs> we killing it." As a young preacher, as an older, a little bit more seasoned now, my eyebrow goes up when you idolize the Epiph- when you big up Epiphany at the same time while downing somewhere else, because I know. That there was probably a point where you were saying the same thing at the place you were because you know, Jesus, you know, the people, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who come in the name of the Lord, throwing palm branches Sunday before Friday. Next thing you know, on Friday, crucify him, cat and nine whips. So, I'm just letting you know that we're not talking about church encouragement, we're talking about church idolization. Know, why you should know another reason why you shouldn't idolize the church? Because you're going to be let down. Yeah. It, it's, 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 you, you can hold the tension of loving the church and expecting to be hurt at some point. You gotta, it's a tension you have to live in. Listen, and once you get hurt, it's harder to trust the next time. But in order to be in community again, you have to trust again. I got to move, y'all. I'm sorry. Let's, let's go to the next few. Next few. Are y'all still tracking with me? Yeah, Yeah, next few. Next few we got to do. Next few we got to do. Oh, I think that's it. They said that's it. They're looking at me like, oh, it is? Okay. Oh, up there. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Don't get busy at another church too fast or too slow. It's funny, people, I've been serving in church for so long. I'm taking a break. It'd be like three years. (laughs) When you going to serve? But some people jump in too fast because they go from place to place because they have a preference of what they want to do. And so they only go where they think they want to do what they want to do. And if that place don't let them do what they want to do, then they go to the next place to jump in real fast to do what they want to do. But what God is doing is God is following you and resisting your pride. But then there are those who jump in in such a way where you're just excited about it because of their commitment to the church. Reconnect with a new church. Lock in. I love y'all. But I'm a pass to you real quick. Don't don't. D- listen, if one more person tell me I've been here coming two years and I'm just joining. We still going to love you coming in, but I'm going to give you a hard time. I'm just going to let you know that. Y'all thought I was going to do something like structural or something. Number nine, reflect on some ways you could have managed things better. OK, so what are we looking at at Epiphany Fellowship? It's a lot I want to go through, but I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm, a, I'm a land some things here. Lastly, commitment is vertical. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. It's interesting that he calls this the varied grace of God. Let me explain something to you. He's calling us to serve one another. As he's calling us to serve one another, every person's gift within their personality has varied grace that comes forth from it. So there's ways that the church gets favor from you, from from, from the use of your gift. The word gift is a cognate of the word grace. Right, which means that, that, that someone's gifted with something meaning they're favored to do it. That means oil just comes with it. Because when they do it, you look at them, that's what they're supposed to be doing. The question is how do you find that out? Not from a gifts inventory. Now some people say, oh I need to take a spiritual gifts inventory. Like I don't even understand. Like how do you take a gifts, where did the people that created the gifts inventory get the, get the questions from to ask you what your gift can be? Number one. Do you see things that other people don't see? Yeah, I see it, I see it. right now. I already see something in myself. You, you know, because everybody want to be a prophet, so they check all the, the prophet questions, <laughs> right? But uh, we're laughing, but y'all know it's true. And so a, a spiritual, there was no spiritual gift inventory in the Bible. Now, how do you find out your gift? Jesus the same way Jesus did it listen when Jesus called the apostles 12 apostles He did not know what they were gifted at He knew what their talents were, but you know what they were gifted at as they went along with him He appointed them after they were in community with him and he saw their gifts When he when he put when he when he got together James Peter and John It wasn't until he was with them for a while until he made them his core community And and and, and then he called Peter to be the the bishop shepherd or the senior shepherd Right, and so after he had been with him three years, he told him that. And so, and, so, and so that's very, very important. So that's what happened in my life. You know, I never wanted to be a senior pastor ever. You, you know, anybody that knew me, my friends back in the day, they, they laugh at me now, because I always I ain't going to do that because I know what happened to them dudes. So I'm falling back from that. But what what ended up happening is. Over and over and over again, I would get somewhere and stuff would happen. Like, I'm in the choir. I end up becoming the chaplain of the choir. Next thing, I'm doing premarital counseling. And I'm in the choir. I'm like, I'm not a pastor here. Why y'all have me do y'all premarital counseling, right? So I end up developing premarital counseling. I, I go into youth ministry. I start doing youth ministry. So I start building out all of these different things, small groups and all these different things, Bible study, taking them through the entire Bible. And dudes was like, Doc, what are you doing? You know, and they said, man, this is not a youth ministry vision. It's a, a church vision, a whole church. And they just say, stop running. My wife, she's laughing now. That's why I ain't looking at her, because she was one of them, right? And so how did that happen? That happened in the context of community. It's not what you think you're called to do. See, l- learning what your gift is, is the trial and error of being in relationship with other people who can tell you who you are and who you're not. And let me tell you something. Who you're not is a gift. Knowing who you're not is a gift to you. Listen, listen, if if you're out here trying to do something you ain't called to do, if if you're not called to organize. See, a lot of entrepreneurs, let me give you something for free. A lot of entrepreneurial people think they're organized people. And some organized people think they're entrepreneurs. So the organizational purpose thinks that because they can start the paperwork of an organization that they can lead an organization. That's not leadership. You know you're a leader when there are people behind you. That was for free, I'm sorry. Anyway, so so where does this go ultimately and why commitment is important? Because here at Epiphany, we've had some challenges. Few challenges. We've had transiency, structural challenges. Let me let me start with those. Transiency. Because the church is transient, and I gotta get through this part. Because the church is transient, what ends up happening is you have good people coming through leaving. So it's not bad leaves, right? But it's there's transiency. So, so that causes commitment challenges and our ability to move the gospel forward challenge. Next challenge is structural. That means leaders who need to understand and implement the structures that have been given to them in order to build the structures so when someone wants to not volunteer but serve, can plug in and know what they're supposed to be doing versus being unclear. So it's transiency and it's structural. But then the next one's laziness. Let me just shepherd you. Some of y'all are just flat foot lazy. All you want to do is hear a word and post my quotes on Facebook. Some of y'all just don't do nothing, but, but you are the greatest critiquers of how we do what you're not willing to do. We're going in here. It's a good place to end. I want, this, I want you to fill it. You're just lazy and you need to listen. You need to repent because you're a taker and that's all you do. And now, but God, but that's not all you are. Because God has saved you not to be a taker, but he's given you too much for you to be stingy with it. And I'll add to that rebellion. Some of y'all are just rebellious. You signed the covenant and you don't do nothing. You signed a covenant, uh, will you do that? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. That's what y'all stood up here and did, the I do. And y'all, y'all ain't done nothing in five years. And, and 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 rebellion is the spirit of witchcraft so listen we we need everybody in place now now don't come saying bringing up some new thing you want to do Like, as an idea, see, that's why. No. I see all types of emails up during the announcements, and I peer the room. And nobody's writing anything down. Our young boys and girls need help with the basketball league. Muslims all in there coming in full guard to see their kids play. The Christians need to be in there loving on them, refereeing, keeping score, bringing snacks, talking to kids, developing relationships with parents, men. The next series is on manhood, by the way. Men, I love y'all. But the, the hospitality told me, of a day, that they were carrying some chairs. Amen. That's number one, and that they asked you, some dudes who were congregating, who should have been doing something else anyway, talking. They were congregating. They said, "Can you help us?" They said, "No." Now, see, that's when y'all have to pray for me. So I'm not trying to beat us up. But Christ, the Bible says, died and was committed. It says when he was reviled, he didn't revile in return, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Jesus Christ on the cross remained committed to his calling even while being tortured. So there's nothing that we're going through. That should omit us from drawing from Christus Victor to apply our commitment to being committed in the local church. I'm done. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We trust you that you are going to help us to be a community of servants. Hoping not to just be a bunch of people signing up for stuff now and then in three months it's back to the way it was. Lord God, we need people to serve and places to serve. We got a lot to be done. We got, even this gathering even now is overflowing with people. And we can't even use overflow because people are down there doing Financial Peace University. We need this space expanded. So we need the financial resources. We need the people resources. There's more full-time staff positions that need to happen. We need the giving for that, Lord. God, and I'm just praying that we would be a church that does receive, but we also give. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Let our men come. We got a little bit of time before the next gathering. Move expeditiously, please, my brothers. Let's get ourselves ready for communion as we go ahead and start singing. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you wanna help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond,